1: The U.S. says that three soldiers are dead and at least 25 others are wounded after a drone attack on a military base in Jordan near its border with Syria. Now, this attack targeted a base known as Tower 22. This is right across the Syrian border and very, very close to a U.S. military base in Syria that's been run by special operation forces as part of their anti-Islamic state fight for years. Now, militia groups in Iraq have claimed this attack. They say they launched a drone targeting the U.S. forces. It remains unclear just how bad the damage is on the base. However, we've heard from U.S. President Joe Biden, who said that the U.S. is willing to retaliate at a time and a place of its choosing in the future. And all of this comes as we've seen wider tensions in the Middle East over Israel's ongoing war with Hamas in the Gaza Strip. Now, the attack was claimed by these Iraqi militia groups that are part of an umbrella organization backed by Iran. This is just another sign of just how unstable the Middle East is. We have seen other attacks claimed by Iranian-backed militias in the wider region since the Israeli war on Hamas began. That includes attacks by the Houthis on shipping in the Red Sea, as well as cross-border attacks by Lebanon's Hezbollah group on Israel. Moving forward, it remains unclear exactly what will happen next, but it shows just how wide the conflict has grown and just how dangerous it's become in the wider Middle East.
2: That's an AP report right here on the George 710 KNUS, highlighting the tragedy that took place uh, in northern Jordan near the Syrian border, where U.S. service members, three of them were killed. So far, I don't see a number, but they say many wounded. During one of these drone attacks, it looked like it was kind of like a kamikaze drone, like it was uh, some of these things are designed to just fly in and explode. Very difficult, especially if you see these ones that they have out there. They have these swarm, these drone swarms that are out there. Very, very difficult to defend against. But that finally happened. It it was destined to happen, by the way. You know, the constant probing by the Iranian-backed militias and other groups out there, as well as like uh, the Yemenis. The Houthis out there, it was bound to happen that one of them would get through and some damage would be done. And uh, that appears to be what happened. But it, one, it got my attention because the, the Colorado National Guard has two sister countries, if you will, that fit within the state partnership program, SPPs. And one of them is um, Slovenia which is very, very close to Italy and also not a hotbed of really too much going on right now. Important country, don't get me wrong, but just not the hotbed that the Middle East remains. Our other SPP is Jordan. I was there a year ago this month. In fact, a little bit more than 12 months ago, I was there to assist as they continue to work to stand up a, um, an operational law component of their military. Now, uh, because of that fact, when I heard that there were U.S. service members killed and injured, my instant thought is, were these any of our folks? So far, I haven't heard of anything. It could be. My hope is, I pray it's not. I mean, I, you, don't, you don't want to be any Americans. But that got my attention. Well, the result of this thing is that you have a ton of Republicans now clamoring for something must be done. Even Biden has said in some very strongly worded speeches that something's going to happen and people are going to pay words to that effect. So far, nothing. There are offers or suggestions that he should attack some more of these Iranian supported groups, these other proxy groups, but uh, that's not enough for the Republicans folks. There are folks out there, including Senate minority leader, Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham, John Cornyn, Tom Cotton. I mean, these are big time folks, right? That are asking for something much, much more. Here's a couple quotes. Uh, Mitch McConnell is calling for the president to issue serious crippling costs to Iran, not only frontline terrorist proxies, but on their Iranian sponsors who wear American blood as a badge of honor, that's talking about striking in Iran. Senator Lindsey Graham from South Carolina, senior senator there to Tim Scott, said uh, that the U.S. attacks uh, outside Iran, the U, I'm sorry, the U.S. attacks on the Iranian proxies outside Iran, quote, will not deter Iranian aggression. And he called for the U.S. to strike targets of significance inside Iran. Tom Cotton, the only answer to these attacks must be devastating military retaliation against Iran's terrorist forces, both in Iran and across the Middle East. Anything less will confirm Joe Biden as a coward, unworthy of being commander in chief. Damn, that's strong. Senator John Cornyn. Dude from Texas said on X slash whatever it was, Twitter, target Tehran. He said he wants the U.S. to strike Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps and its Quds Force branch. Folks, that's a big deal here. That's a big, big deal. Because those steps right there, and and by the way, don't hear me to say I don't think that they're warranted. We just have to have a conversation about, is that what you want to see us do? Because that will broaden the war in a big, big way. And you know that Iran has been hoping for this. Iran wants to further involve the United States into the Middle East. They want to suck them in there. And you know that their ultimate goal is to broaden this war across the Muslim Middle East make it very difficult for us to maintain allied relationships with folks if we move in on Iran. Now, there was a time I'm not going to relitigate how this happened. There was a time when we could count on Iran being completely immersed and distracted in their war with Iraq next door. But we ended that. We ended that when we took out the Iraqi army and then we took out Saddam Hussein, their Iraqi leader. Again, I'm not telling you that wasn't warranted. What I'm saying is, once we take that guy away that keeps Iran in check and costs them all that money, all those soldiers, all that materiel, um, now they've, they're freed up to do other stuff. We also know that Iran has partnered up with Russia. We know that Russia plays in Syria. This effort here... To condemn Iran, I I agree with that. I do think it's Iran. But let's just make sure that we're clear on what we're talking about doing. We strike Iran. We broaden this war. Are we ready for that? Are we ready to keep us engaged in a longer-term conflict with more than just making sure that Israel has the opportunity to free itself of Hamas? And it should do that, in my opinion. But we're going to broaden this thing. And we're now going to put uh, Iraq, which is its own mess, into a pickle. Saudi Arabia, Jordan itself. These are all things that will test them if we were to go into Iran. Doesn't mean they turn on us. It just means it makes it harder for them. How about Turkey, man? What does Turkey do? Should we, in response to them murdering these three soldiers, these three American soldiers, and injuring and we don't even know how bad the injuries are. They could have crippled these people, blinded them, something. Should we go in and blow up something in Iran? Should we take it to Iran? 303-696-1971. Text, my nephew is a U.S. Army Apache helicopter pilot who returned recently from Syria just before Christmas. On Christmas Day, a drone carrying a 20-pound IED that exploded near a tent he used to work in, a piece of shrapnel hit a fellow pilot in the head, piercing his skull. Jesus, last we knew he was still in a medically-induced coma in a hospital in Landstuhl, uh, Germany. Dang, man, that is – and that's not a casualty that you normally see reported because it wasn't a death, right? The deaths get all the attention when sometimes some of the worst things that can happen to someone get underreported because uh, they still have a pulse. 303-696-1971 is the number. Bill from Parker, you're on 710. Bill, what do you think, man?
3: Morning, George. Yeah, I'm wondering, you know, I I assume that our adversaries are not stupid. You say what you want about the mullahs. I don't think they're stupid. And we also know that, as you alluded to, they have uh, uh, some type of a relationship with Putin, a mutually uh, beneficial relationship with Putin. And here they go, stirring the pot, making things difficult for Biden, in the run up to an election. What would you expect would be the result of making things difficult for Biden in the run up to an election? Will be the
2: result of that i don't i don't know if they have a goal in mind that's geopolitical like that i don't i mean i think to some extent this is an opportunity for them right because who, who could have predicted well except iran who helped plan it. who could have predicted the response by israel in gaza and the world reaction to it and that creating its own issue for biden i think some of this is they light a fuse, they're not really sure where it goes, but then once something blows up, then they respond to that too.
3: So they're just generic chaos uh, lovers type of thing? Is that is that the theory? I,
2: I wouldn't call it chaos or generic. I would say that they have these coordinated Israeli-sponsored groups that are out there, I, I, these Iranian-backed militias and whatnot. I think there is some coordination there, absolutely. But I think the goal is... Is a, is a unified goal, and that is they want to suck the U.S. back into the Middle East and they want to make it hard for us to push for peace and to develop our, our allied relationships with Muslim countries. That's my guess.
3: Well, well that may be um – But I would say they're smart enough to know, and Putin certainly is smart enough to know, that what they're doing makes life difficult for Joe Biden. It's going to be all over Fox News that he has to do something, and he's going to be pushed into making a decision perhaps against his better judgment. And that will all play to weakening him in the coming election. They have to know that. And if they weaken him, what does that mean? That means they've st- strengthened Trump. There's, there's, there's no other way to look at it. Well, well you and obviously have an idea
2: behind why they'd want Trump over Biden. What is it?
3: I don't – oh, I don't necessarily know why. I just know that it seems that they do have a reason. And I, I could speculate that the reason why is because, first of all, Putin with, with Trump, would that would uh, end his problems in Ukraine overnight probably, I assume, for Putin. All right? So there, there's a big reason right there. And the but, so hold on. And so, say, but hey, just so
2: that I'm clear, Bill, you think that Iran's interest in this is is coordinated with Russia because they know if Biden's gone, Russia gets the benefit of likely having whatever they want from Ukraine.
3: Well, I don't think they particularly care about that, but Putin, if they, to the extent that they care about Putin being in their camp or helping them in their corner of the world, then they'd be happy to help Putin with his problems. Okay? And the, one way to help Putin with his problems is to get Trump back in office. I think that's clear.
2: Okay? So, do you think that I, they I don't know. expect I, a bit us a to game. respond? Do you think that Iran expects, expects us to respond in Iran, or do you think that they're playing a, a game of chicken here?
3: They might be playing a little bit of a game of chicken, although, yeah, they might be. But like I said, they're, they're just trying to put Biden in a spot where he's damned if he does and damned if he doesn't. And uh, that's what they want. They want Biden out of there so they can have their fun with Trump, who they know they can play like a fiddle. They know his vanities. They know his, his you know, his. Uh, well, you remember when we went to Saudi Arabia, they posted, they broadcast his face on the side of that building. Oh, I, know.
2: And, I know, man, they
3: know. You no, know, I mean, they, know, they, <laughs> they, they can play guy. this guy like a fiddle. Putin, you know, Putin's playing four dimensional chess and Trump's playing tic-tac-toe. I mean, it's unbelievable. When you uh, look have, at the I've, situation,
2: I've, Bill, what do you want to see America do in response to this drone attack and the deaths of the U.S. soldiers? Yeah.
3: Um, boy, I'm, I'm just not that strategic in that type of thing. I think they have to be smacked and smacked hard. Inside Iran? I, Inside Iran? You know, uh, boy i i i don't know but i tell you i like the way israel does it israel does it so that all of a sudden something goes horribly wrong in iran and no one knows what happened except everybody does know what happened i like that kind of response where you're not in their face saying okay we blew up your this or that but it just it just goes poof and no one says anything about what happened the iranians don't want to blame anybody because they don't want to admit they got hit inside their country so they're a little bit loath to so you just blew up or soldiers I like you know what I would like to see. I would like to see if they're going to sow chaos. I would like to see the U.S. and Israel, maybe some others execute a plan that I know they have to have to go in there and completely castrate their their nuclear program. Yeah,
2: I, don't, like I don't. know if they have that or not. I mean, they might. They might. But but Bill, my concern they're is always this. Getting, I don't they're think. Always er, I don't, everything. I don't think Iran would want to hide that they were the. Victims of some sort of subterfuge or, or secret attack well, by. They have either, in the past. W- except They're right now, the if, if the goal of the drones, because you you can't believe that the the goal of the drones is to win the war. They're not going to do that, and they they can't imagine that if they cause a few American casualties, we're going to tuck tail and run like we did in Afghanistan, even if the same guys in charge. There's got to be like, some other like goal. Like we did in
3: Lebanon. Like we did in Lebanon under Reagan. Remember, two hundred something dead Marines. We pulled out of there a week later.
2: Yeah, okay. I, I don't know if you remember what happened. Are you talking about Cobar Towers or? No, um,
3: yeah, I'm talking about what they they did that truck bomb and killed 200 marines, in in Lebanon. Yeah, and I, in, and under Reagan and in in '83, and then we were out of there in in two seconds.
2: Yeah, but my and point. My invasion. point is they can't believe this is going to cause that. I gotta believe that they're interested in pulling us into a broader conflict. What 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 else would be the reason for this?
3: Um, uh, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, you've got to, you, is, you know, they're, they're, um, smitten with Islam and Islam is, don't get me going on that. It's a, it was founded by a, a, a warlord and a war criminal who, you know, sanctified all his actions and examples. And they're uh to that. Uh, they're very upset with the idea that Israel and Saudi Arabia together and make peace because they're Bitter enemies with both of those, so I, I I like to say it's too complicated for me to know for sure, but i I just have to know that they're but they know that they are disempowering Biden to do this stuff at this time, and I just wonder why why do they want to do that?
2: But it sounds like you, know? you have a thought on that, right
3: well, I have a thought that they, they want Trump to win now beyond that, the details of that I don't know like I say Putin would love it because that would help him in Ukraine. So the Iranians want to help Putin because you know he's he's in Syria, okay? And um, uh, Iraq is a Shia country. Uh, there's Shia in Syria, so there's a, there's an affinity there. There's an interest there. Um, yeah. I don't know.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure. I did a little bit of looking here while we're sitting here talking. It was 1983. Hezbollah killed. Two hundred forty-one U.S. military personnel, including two hundred twenty yeah. Marines, eighteen sailors, right. and three soldiers, in a terrorist bombing right. at the Marine yep. Corps barracks in Beirut, uh, Lebanon. Uh, yep. I'm taking a look here to just see. We pulled
3: out, and that was under Reagan. That wasn't under Jimmy Carter or anything.
2: Yeah. Well, 1983. Yeah, of course it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but again, that's less the answer than this thing right here. I just don't think they believe we're going to pull out of Jordan of all places. Um, given our relationship. They're not quite Lebanon. That's just not quite Lebanon. Hey, listen, let's do this. They
3: can miscalculate. Yeah,
2: okay. Go ahead, Bill. Hey, thanks, man. I appreciate it.
3: Thanks, George.
2: All right, Bill. Thanks Thanks for the call. Uh, Listen, the phone lines were full there. Bill's line is open, 303-696-1971. What's the answer here? It looks like Iran was behind the the bombing, the droning, and killing of uh, three U.S. service members, and injuring varying degrees of injuries as far as I know. And I don't know the number of victims yet. I just haven't seen that update. If you know of it, let me know about it. 303-696-1971 is the number. I want to get to Tony and Lewis and everybody else that's calling up on this thing, but uh, I don't want to do it right this minute because I want to take an opportunity to tell you about something. And that is uh, our good friends at Ultra Botanica. You know, we had those two fellas on last week, I think on Friday, to talk about uh, some of the cool stuff that they're doing in addition to the Ultra Cur, Some of the products that they have, they haven't rolled them out for like wide scale sort of publicity, but they're available to look at and I think even purchase on the website, getultranow.com, getultranow.com. You know that the product that we keep talking about is this awesome one, uh, Ultra UltraCur which is based on curcumin, but it's like curcumin on steroids. Like they have figured out a way to patent this thing. They talked about the barrier that takes place between getting all the benefits of curcumin and the human body, and they figured out a way to, to lessen that barrier so you get more of the benefits. You can get a three-day free sample of this stuff at your natural grocers. All you gotta do is go walk right in there. A lot of reasons to go, by the way, to the natural grocers, great store. Um, like a Sprouts or a Whole Foods, prices are great. Um, But you go in there, you ask for the vitamin manager, and you say, hey, can I get a three-day free supply? If you don't go ask the vitamin manager, you can't have the three-day free supply. It's just they got to keep track of it because folks come in and grab it all up because it's awesome and it's free. Well, you want the three-day free supply. They talked about the studies, all the people that are experiencing. Some people experiencing benefits within less than two hours of taking this thing. Antioxidant, anti-inflammatory. It just helps overall With your help. Check them out at getultranow.com. That's getultranow.com. When we come back, Tony, Lewis, whoever else is calling in at 303 696 1971. It's George Brockler, 710 KNUS. George Brockler back with you here, 710 KNUS, talking about the killing of three. U.S. Armed Forces members and the injuring of, of numbers of others through this Iranian backed militia, kind of like a proxy drone attack that took place from Iran. The calls from Republicans uh, throughout the Senate are we've got to hammer Iran, not just a little demonstration, but like crush them. That would certainly broaden the war and involve us deeper in the Middle East, just as we thought maybe we were starting to extricate ourselves. What do you think about all that stuff? Three zero three six nine six. 1971. Tony, you're on 710 KNUS. What do you
4: think? Hey, good morning, George. Good morning. I, uh, I, I take probably, uh, I liked your analysis first of all, but I, but I take probably a little different view of it. I yeah, tell me. you and I talked probably around October 10th or something shortly after the invasion by Hamas yeah. and then the response by Israel. And I'd said to you at that time, you know, I would, I think it was the absolutely the right thing to do, you know, israel has a right to defend itself i also said to you i remember on that day now whatever israel does when we biden came in and said we have got their back we would we would carry the world will think of us as the world thinks of israel and 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 i also I also Those pointed out words that, that time, he said man well Oh, um, immediately he sure. said, "We have Israel's back, absolutely unequivocally." I get that every part, day. but the when they think yeah. of
2: Israel, they will think of us. Is that what he said?
4: Well, well, I'm saying the rest of the world would. Then I, I misspoke. I'm saying yeah. the rest of the world, however they view Israel, they were going to view us because we are, you know, backing Israel through this through this fight, and and I said to you at the time, if the death toll. Reached once it reached twenty thousand, and I kind of just picked that number. It's one percent of their population. When it reached one percent of their population, shit would hit the oh the, hello the crap would hit the fan. Sorry, the yeah. crap would hit the fan, and and that's basically what's happened. A genocide, you know, lawsuit by South Africa, the Houthis attacking it, uh, the 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 transportation through the Red Sea, and and now. It, the more of Hezbollah, all the shots and now now this, this shooting, and I said, if we have any soldiers die we're gonna, then it, it risks being enlarged now, having said that i it's, i don 't think they want us in there; they want us out. Iran wants us out. nothing terrified Iran more than the u s negotiating the deal between Saudi Arabia and Israel to recognize one another open oh, diplomatic channels that all, they that, want to see but all how, that
2: how does this advance that
4: goal this this is this is just the, the natural escalation of tensions and they're expecting to be struck they're not maybe in is not maybe in iran but they're expecting the u.s to, to launch back and we're going to launch at something. Either we're going to devastate the Houthis, or you know, in some way, or we're going to hit Hezbollah. We're going to hit somebody, and and I I know we're looking for whatever that balanced step should be. But the the answer is bottom line: <clears throat> we have a right in our backing of Israel to demand that Israel quietly behind the scenes, publicly, whatever it takes, Israel has to has to fight this war. A little bit differently than they are so we are not it's not Israel's lost the moral high ground in this war they've lost the moral high ground on October 7th the world was behind them now the world is against them we need Israel needs to take a different approach what's that mean what's the different approach well when we go in and fight a war in the Middle East we're the superpower and we could bomb every neighborhood to oblivion yep. because we're the superpower. We could do that. And we don't. we we pay the price. We fight street to street. We risk our soldiers yep. trying to protect their civilians. Israel is not doing that. They need to do that. They need to stop obliterating these the, the, the Gazans. It does not. I don't I don't I know everybody says, oh, 90 percent of them are all bad. Well, I one don't buy that. Two, that's not, that's not selling with the world. They need to fight this war where they can reclaim, if you will, the moral high ground. And an idealism, I mean, I'm not sure it works, but the bottom line would be, okay, Israel clears out the north. Start moving the Gazans back to the north that they control and give them medical supplies and food and water so children don't die of diarrhea. I mean, yeah. th- that's the type of thing they need to do to reclaim the moral high ground. And we're in there backing them, and now we're tangled up in an escalating violence. I'm not sure, Tony, violence. anything
2: they do at this point is going to change the minds and the screams from those who are anti-Zionist, anti-Israeli, anti-Jew from
4: um, denouncing them.
2: It won't matter you, what you're they right.
4: do. You're right. You're right. You're right. The most extreme of the world, that's not going to change them at all. But all those other people that are sitting on the middle, the Jordanians, the Saudis, all those other people... Are right now being forced into the camp with Iran, if you will, on this issue in in, in taking a strong position against israel slash the united states so i i 'm simply saying I think the best approach right now take our shot, whatever that shot is, Iran is expecting it by the way, keep in mind Iran in in showing that they don't want us involved, and this is really important they're they're only they're only bringing uranium to 60% level, not 90. Yeah. 90 is what they need for bombs. And yeah. they brought it right to 60. 90 is a small hurdle. But they know the minute they do, they're going to have to tangle with Israel and the United Probably States. Probably Israel. They I don't, don't know want
2: what to. the United States says, but I think Israel The, the United
4: them. States isn't yeah. going to allow it anymore, any more than Israel's going to allow
2: You know, it. I want to believe you on that, Tony. I'm not convinced in a presidential re-election year with all the voices that Biden has got, both in and outside of his head. Um, it seems to me that uh, nothing is a certainty if this guy is that desperate to get reelected. But but Tony, let me say this, and I want to let you go so I can get to, to Lewis and Ralph as well. Thank you for the phone call. Very thoughtful as always. Well-informed. I, I don't think I necessarily agree. I'm not sure Iran's efforts here are to get the U.S. out at this moment. It feels, and maybe it is, maybe it is, it feels like it's intended to get a response from us that will ultimately draw us more deeply into this. Or maybe they're calling Biden's bluff. Maybe Bill's right about this in a different way, and that is they're calling Biden's bluff. They don't think he has the guts to do something in response because he's worried about being stuck in another one of these Middle East things. Maybe that's it. 303-696-1971. Lewis from Aurora, you're on 710. Lewis, what do you think?
5: George, I told you months ago, this has to take place i told you that if you're not ready for armageddon you need to get ready
2: is that what this is this, lewis is this the beginning of armageddon
5: listen listen the iranians you know if you understand islam they want to bring in the 12th iman the mighty okay this is building up to this final climax that they want to happen but we know that Christ is the one to return. But before his return to rapture, to take his people up, the battle has to take place. And all this that's going on, the, the, the battle is that if Islam can prove to the world that Allah is God, that means Jehovah isn't. But we have read the end of the book that's called the Bible, and Jehovah is Christ wins. But this is where we're headed to. You
2: you remember I called you months ago? Yeah, I do, but, but about this. Are you telling me then, Lewis, that you think we are in end times right now? Like this is all about the apocalypse? And if so, in your mind, what's the timeline? When does it all come to a head?
5: No one knows the time. Well,
2: I know Scripture but Scripture
5: says if- that. but
2: but is it this year next year 10 years 100 years from now because things like this have been going on for a while now why is this the one that that ushers in armageddon
5: why because first the prophecy of israel becoming a nation has been fulfilled in 1948 from then on things have been escalating and you know it it's been happening much faster quicker jesus tells us it was like a woman it's going to be like a woman in birth pains as that child is about to be delivered those pains intensify they're closer together so these things are happening a much faster rate not only the situation in the middle east but also the all this stuff ain't global warming ain't climate change it God's warning the world, telling the world, wake up, folks, because the end is about to take place.
2: Yeah, but about the to timeline. is the part I'm struggling with.
5: Could well, it be 100 years
2: from now? Could it be 1,000 years from now? I doubt it. I doubt yeah, but so it. So, Lewis, if you yeah, look back what, at since Israel, 1948 being that year, look, there was Yom Kippur. There was the Golan Heights and Sinai and all that. Why weren't those look, things the ushering in the, the Armageddon? Because, because one of the main things, if you read Zechariah
5: chapter 12, it talks about the world coming against Israel. Look what happened just now at the world courts. They came against Israel. They blamed Israel for genocide and, and didn't <coughs> mention anything about Hamas. So it's happening so don't look that back and say, well, these things that happened, you are fulfilling prophecy that Peter said, because there's going to be markers in the last day saying, ah, when's his return? Everything is the same as it's always been.
2: You're fulfilling. You're fulfilling what Peter said. Well, Lewis, I hope you're wrong on this, because obviously that doesn't that doesn't really suggest anything good coming in the near term. But I am uh, asked oh, by oh, a texter oh. to ask you of a question, by the way. Yes. What is that? How are your roosters?
5: <laughs> oh, that's from <Stephen> Dubb.
2: <laughs> How are your roosters, man?
5: <laughs> my, they're doing well. And my goats and my chickens, yeah, they're all doing well. The rooster is happy.
2: Well, I hope for them so it's not
5: Armageddon.
2: <laughs> I hope for them oh, it's they... not end, time, end times either. Because they got no place to go, man.
5: Well, no. But, that, but that's why we have to be prepared. And what I say is what Billy Graham has said, Franklin Graham. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall be saved, and you won't have to fear the end.
2: Lewis, thanks for the call, man, and good luck to the other uh, livestock. Update us on that, would you? Okay. All right, sir. Talk to you soon. Thanks. Hey, that's Lewis. uh, thanks for the call, Lewis. I appreciate it. Lewis line is open 303-696-1971. We're going to get to Ralph and Joe here in just a second. Uh, listen, new year, new you. That's really the approach you should take when you're thinking about reaching out to Rocky mountain men's clinic. They have a website, Rocky mountain men's What you're going to find out is they're in the business of trying to get that testosterone ramped up for you. That may have dropped off just as a natural function of life. Now, when I hear them do their ads and they record stuff. It's all about erectile dysfunction. It's all about erect. Yeah, that's part of it. But in talking with a bunch of dudes who know people that have gone through this and a guy that's gone through, it's way more than that. It like increases more than your libido. It increases your energy. You sleep better. It gives you the ability to reap more from the workouts. You now want to do more than you did before. You just take a 10 question, true, false quiz on their website takes less than two minutes. And then if you're eligible, if you're appropriate for it, then you talk with someone at 720-440-7900, 720-440-7900, $99 medical consult. But here's the good news. When you sign up with them, they just roll that into the price of the treatment, so it ends up becoming a free consult. You can check them out at RockyMountainMensClinic.com. That's RockyMountainMensClinic.com. Let's get right back to the phone lines. Ralph, you're on 710 KNUS. Ralph, what do you think?
6: Let me take your off speaker. Okay. Two things. Is First it? of all, the 1983 attack, the Marines were collateral damage. The assistant, assistant station chief for the CIA in Lebanon, a guy named Bear, yeah. wrote a book about it. And what the target was were seven CIA and State Department experts on the Middle East wow. who were in a conference room above where the truck blew up. Wow. They have as good intelligence on us, maybe better, than we do on them. How's that? So possible? let's not do any well, let's not do any tit for tat. It sort of seems like let's say even the intelligence is even. We still have and the Israelis still haven't taken out the top commander in Gaza for the the enemy. And I'd like to get to my main point no. now. What is this? Everybody is jumping up and down and saying, you know, let's bomb them, let's do this, let's do that. Two questions that I want answered first. Where is the money to pay for it coming from? And where are the troops that are going to do it coming from? We have a lot of people who used to yell for, you know, kill a commie for Christ way back in Vietnam, my war. Problem was none of them showed up. I can give you a list of draft dodgers, starting with Dick Cheney, Uh, but I won't. I'll just say that the people who really want to go to war don't want to show up. And so my question for Cornyn and all those other people is, is your grandson in the service? Has he been rocketed, shot at, shelled, or IUD'd? Uh, and why, if he hasn't been, are you wanting to send somebody else's kid out to die?
2: Well, keep in mind, too, uh, Senator Lindsey Graham uh, retired as a colonel from the Air Force. He was in, the, I think, the Air Guard at the end there. Senator Tom Cotton was an officer who I think deployed multiple times during our wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. It's not that these are guys that haven't been subjected to the same decisions that they're that they're offering now. And it's not that they haven't been in harm's way or took the oath. So I'm less concerned with that. If the idea here is, why don't senators have to go fight on the front lines? You know, that answers itself. What
6: what, what I'm saying is you've got 95 percent of the American population that is not in the military. Oh
2: man, we don't have five percent of the population in the military. Not possible.
6: I'm sorry.
2: We can't even have five percent of the population in the military.
6: Well, that's right. And the Navy now is uh, enlisting troops who are, have no high school degree. Or GED. That was
2: something else I right. was going to mention, too. You're right about that. They continue to lower their standards. All they have to do yeah. now is score like a 50 out of 100 or 99 on some, you know, aptitude test. I don't know if it was the ASFAB or something else. but
6: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. But the big question is, where does the money come from and where do the troops, the grunts, come from? That's the question nobody is addressing in this. Why is that relevant to the
2: question of whether we should use missile strikes on the interior of Iran?
6: Because things escalate. If we do a tit-for-tat missile strike, well, they can't hit us with missiles. So it's asymmetrical warfare. They're going to hit the troops.
2: Yeah, but... But does that mean then that we can't engage in anything connected? like we shouldn't do anything in Ukraine because it's possible oh, no, no, we should not... one day want to bring the, the troops in there? I Look, the answer can't be we're worried about using our military forces because they come from a lower socioeconomic or different demography. I mean, I'm still subjected to all this stuff, too. So I, this isn't this isn't George, a nothing burger for be, me.
6: George, my classmates at the academy would be, would be amazed that I am going for peace. I'm not. What I'm saying, though, is if we are going to wage war, don't expect that it's somehow going to be limited. Expect that we're going to have to reengage, and maybe
2: reinstitute the draft. So, Ralph, is it your prediction, what? then, that if we do a significant strike as being called for by Cotton and Graham and Corn and the others, that that necessarily is going to lead to boots on the ground and a draft?
6: No, my question is not is the first strike. My question is, when we get hit and they hit us again and then we hit them again and they hit us again and we hit them again, look at escalation. That's what I'm worried about. Who is going to draw the line and where is the line going to be? If we are going to win a war and we haven't won a war since World War II, look at the two things that we won wars doing. Number one. Everybody in the pond draft all the way up to World War II, Civil War, and so forth. The second thing is we actually have Congress... Hey, talk about this and declare war and decide what the goals
2: are. We, we've been so far from declaring war, man. Hey, um, Ralph, do me a favor, buddy. Keep listening and calling in. I just, we have such long conversations, we talk ourselves out of time. I know. I got to let you go, and I apologize for that. But, Ralph, Thanks. we got to go. Ralph, thank you for the time. Thanks for the thoughts. Uh, hey, listen, stick around. I'm going to try to get to Joe, Nick, anyone else calling in before the end of the show. It's George Brockler, 710 us? George Brockler, right back with you here, 710 Canus. We're going to try to get to the calls that we can. Joe from Denver, you're on 710. What do you think, Joe? Hi, George. Good morning. Hey, you know, kind of following up on
7: Lewis's call, one of the things that really disturbs me is the religious aspect of this. In a sense, it's the root cause of all this conflict going on in the region. You have two people taking claims on the same plot of land that has actually been owned ruled by uh, a dozen different empires over the past 2000 years. And this idea that, uh, you know, two messiahs are going to come and have a final clash of, you know, Titans, uh, and somehow, you know, save the world. That driving mentality behind this entire conflict and or the peace process around the Middle East is what is going to kill everybody. And religion has, I think, come to not be a service to man anymore.
2: What, so what's your answer? What's the, what are we doing?
7: Uh, I mean, you know, I certainly agree that the Jews deserve a homeland compared to what they control now, um, you know, I'll I'll often say, you hear a lot of Muslims say, God willing, Allah will make us victorious. Well, for the past 75 years, I would say, Allah's point might just be, hey, you know what? These are your cousins. Give them a plot of land and, and live in peace. But they have decided that that little chunk of land up in North Israel was a lot was worth 75 years of Bloodshed and hatred, all in the name of, of religion. And while now there's certainly more secular aspects to the entire conflict and political considerations, in the end, it just boils down to this and that mentality of guys like Lewis and evangelical Christians who, you know, the only reason Trump put our embassy in Jerusalem was to satisfy evangelicals uh demands for something to advance the second coming of christ
4: i don't think that's
2: i don't think he's trying to advance the second coming of christ i think he is the second coming that's what he thinks i I, but i do think that i do think that that, that this issue though cannot cannot be logic away. i mean faith is an integral part of people's lives and uh, whether or not you take an extreme view that this is all about end times or not is, is different than whether or not faith matters. But I don't think you can throw it all out because you've got the extremists in charge of of the Muslim nations. By the way, Joe, if you hear that music, you know we're out of time. I appreciate the phone call. Hey, listen, my thanks to Rose Puglisi, the new minority leader. We also had on Patty Calhoun from Westward and uh, great conversations with you guys. We'll be back to do it again tomorrow. Billy, you, me, George Brockler, 710 KNUS.